Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 50. Congratulations, you are 50 episodes into the Bible in 260. Pretty much a fifth of the way through the Bible already. Way to go. Today we'll be reading from Numbers chapter 22 to 24, as well as Luke chapter 1. And I think what's interesting about these passages together is it shows us the power of God's miraculous work, the miraculous power of God. And so let's have a look and see what that looks like in Numbers and then in Luke. Numbers 22. The Israelites traveled on and camped in the Rift Valley plains of Moab on the side of the Jordan River across from Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, saw all that the Israelites had done to the Amorites, and the Moabites were greatly afraid of the people because they were so numerous. The Moabites were sick with fear because of the Israelites. So the Moabites said to the elders of Midian, Now this mass of people will lick up everything around us, as the bull devours the grass of the field. Now Balak, son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at this time. And he sent messengers to Balaam, son of Beor, at Pethor, which is by the Euphrates River in the land of Amal, to summon him, saying, Look, A nation has come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the earth, and they are settling next to me. So now please come and curse this nation for me, for they are too powerful for me. Perhaps I will prevail so that we may conquer them and drive them out of the land. For I know that whoever you bless is blessed, and whoever you curse is cursed. So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the fee for divination in their hands. They came to Balaam and reported to him the words of Balak. He replied to them, Stay here tonight, and I will bring back to you whatever word the Lord may speak to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. And God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent a message to me, saying, Look, a nation has come out of Egypt, and it covers the face of the earth. Come now and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps I will be able to defeat them and drive them out. But God said to Balaam, You must not go with them. You must not curse the people, for they are blessed. So Balaam got up in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Go to your land, for the Lord has refused to permit me to go with you. So the princes of Moab departed and went back to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. Balak again sent princes, more numerous and more distinguished than the first. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, son of Zippor, Please do not let anything hinder you from coming to me, for I will honor you greatly, and whatever you tell me, I will do. So come, put a curse on this nation for me. Balak replied to the servants of Balak, Even if Balak would give me his palace full of silver and gold, I could not transgress the commandment of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now therefore, please stay the night here also, so that I may know what more the Lord might say to me. God came to Balaam that night and said to him, If the men have come to call you, get up and go with them. But the word that I say to you, that you must do. So Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. 
Then God's anger was kindled because he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Now he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road, with his sword drawn in his hand. So the donkey turned aside from the road and went into the field. But Balaam beat the donkey to make her turn back to the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a path among the vineyards, where there was a wall on either side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, he pressed herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat her again. Then the angel of the Lord went farther and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she crouched down under Balaam. Then Balaam was angry and he beat his donkey with a staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have beaten me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, You have made me look stupid. I wish there were a sword in my hand, for I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey that you have ridden ever since I was yours until this day? Have I ever attempted to treat you this way? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand. So he bowed his head and threw himself down with his face to the ground. The angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? Look, I came out to oppose you because what you are doing is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned from me these three times. If she had not turned from me, I would have killed you but saved her alive. Balaam said to the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you stood against me in the road. So now, if it is evil in your sight, I will go back home. But the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but you may only speak with what word I will speak to you. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. When Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him at a city of Moab that was on the border of Arnon at the boundary of his territory. Balak said to Balaam, Did I not send again and again to you to summon you? Why did you not come to me? Am I not able to honor you? Balaam said to Balak, Look, I have come to you. Now, am I able to speak just anything? I must speak only the word that God puts in my mouth. So Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kirith Huzoth. And Balak sacrificed bulls and sheep and sent some to Balaam and to the princes who were with him. Then on the next morning, Balak took Balaam and brought him to Bamoth, Baal. From there he saw the extent of the nation. Balaam said to Balak, Build me seven altars here and prepare for me seven bulls and seven rams. So Balak did just as Balaam had said. Balak and Balaam then offered on each of the altars a bull and a ram. Balaam said to Balak, Station yourself by your burnt offering and I will go off. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me and whatever he reveals to me, I will tell you. Then he went to a deserted height. Then God met Balaam, who said to him, I have prepared seven altars, and I have offered on each altar a bull and a ram. Then the Lord put a message in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and speak what I tell you. So Balaam returned to him, and he was still standing by his burnt offering, he and all the princes of Moab. Then Balaam uttered his oracle, saying, Balak the king of Moab brought me from Arnon, or Aram, out of the mountains of the east, saying, Come, pronounce a curse on Jacob for me. Come, denounce Israel. How can I curse one whom God has not cursed, or how can I denounce one whom the Lord has not denounced? 
For from the top of the rocks I see them, from the hills I watch them. Indeed, a nation that lives alone, and it will not be reckoned among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob, or number the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the upright, and let the end of my life be like theirs. Then Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies, but on the contrary, you have only blessed them. Balaam replied, Must I not be careful to speak what the Lord has put in my mouth? Balak said to him, Please come with me to another place from which you can observe them. You will see only a part of them, but you will not see all of them. Curse them from me there. So Balak brought Balaam to the field of Zophim, to the top of Pisgah, where he built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. And Balaam said to Balak, Station yourself here by your burnt offering while I meet with the Lord there. Then the Lord met Balaam and put a message in his mouth and said, Return to Balak and speak what I tell you. When Balaam came to him, he was still standing by his burnt offering, along with the princes of Moab. And Balak said to him, What has the Lord spoken? And Balaam uttered his oracle and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a human being that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it happen? Indeed, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He has not looked on iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord their God is with them. His acclamation as king is among them. God brought them up out of Egypt. They have, as it were, the strength of a wild bull. For there is no spell against Jacob, nor is there any divination against Israel. At this time it must be said of Jacob and of Israel, Look at what God has done. Indeed, the people will rise up like a lioness, and like a lion raises himself up. They will not lie down until they eat their prey and drink the blood of the slain. Balak said to Balaam, Neither curse them at all, nor bless them at all. But Balaam replied to Balak, Did I not tell you all that the Lord speaks I must do? Balak said to Balaam, Come, please, I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God to let you curse them from there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor that looks toward the wastelands. Then Balaam said to Balak, Build seven altars here for me and prepare seven bulls and seven rams. So Balak did just as Balaam had said and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as at other times to seek for omens, but he set his face toward the wilderness. When Balaam lifted up his eyes, he saw Israel camped tribe by tribe and the Spirit of God came upon him. Then he uttered his oracle, saying, The oracle of Balaam, son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eyes are open, the oracle of the one who hears the words of God, who sees a vision from the Almighty, although falling flat on the ground with his eyes open. How beautiful are your tents, O Jacob, and your dwelling places, O Israel. They are like valleys stretched forth, like gardens by the riverside, like aloes that the Lord has planted, and like cedar trees beside the waters. He will pour the water out of his buckets, and their descendants will be like abundant water. Their king will be greater than Agag, and their kingdom will be exalted. God brought them out of Egypt. They have, as it were, the strength of a young bull. They will, they will devour hostile people and will break their bones and will pierce them through with arrows. They crouch and lie down like a lion, and as a lioness, who can stir him? Blessed is the one who blesses you, and cursed is the one who curses you. Then Balak became very angry at Balaam, and he struck his hands together. 
Balak said to Balaam, I called you to curse my enemies, and look, you've done nothing but bless them these three times. So now go back where you came from. I said I would greatly honor you, but now the Lord has stood in the way of your honor. Balaam said to Balak, Did I not also tell your messengers whom you sent to me, if Balak would give me his palace full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the commandment of the Lord to do either good or evil of my own will, but whatever the Lord tells me, I must speak. And now I am about to go back to my own people. Come now, and I will advise you as to what this people will do to your people in the future days. Then Balaam uttered this oracle, this oracle, the oracle of Balaam, son of Beor, the oracle of a man whose eyes are open, the oracle of the one who hears the words of God and who knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, although falling flat on the ground with his eyes open. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not close at hand. A star will march forth out of Jacob, and a scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the skulls of Moab and the heads of all the sons of Sheth. Edom will be his possession, Seir his enemy. He will also will also be a possession, but Israel will act valiantly. A ruler will be established from Jacob. He will destroy the remains of the city. Then Balaam looked on Amalek and delivered this oracle. Amalek was the first of the nations, but his end will be that he will perish. Then he looked on the Kenites and uttered this oracle. Your dwelling place seems strong and your nest is set on a rocky cliff. Nevertheless, the Kenite will be consumed. How long will Asher take you away captive? Then he uttered this oracle. Oh, who will survive when God does this? Ships will come from the coast of Katim and will afflict Asher and will afflict Eber and he will also perish forever. Balaam got up and departed, returned to his home and Balak also went his way. And so here you have this incredible uh, account of Balaam making blessing after blessing on people he was coming there uh, by Balak's, the king's desire to curse. And God keeps putting words in his mouth, miraculously puts words in his mouth that uh, predicted not only that what the Israelites would do to defeat their enemies, but actually spoke of a king to come, which later on would speak of the ultimate king, the scepter from Judah, Jesus himself. And the good news is that what we're about to read is the Gospel of Luke, written by Luke a doctor, uh, someone who did research, as he says in the opening verses, he researched, he checked with the eyewitnesses, and he tells us that he is going to tell us the story of the person that we've been longing to meet, the person that we've desperately needed, the king that Israel has always needed and had never come yet. And yet here he's going to tell us the story, the good news story, the gospel of Jesus, the ultimate king. So let's begin Luke chapter 1. Now many have undertaken to compile an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, like the accounts passed on to us by those who were eyewitnesses and servants of the word from the beginning. So it seemed good to me as well, because I have followed all things carefully from the beginning, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know for certain the things you were taught. During the reign of Herod, king of Judea, there lived a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. And he had a wife named Elizabeth, who was a descendant of Aaron. They both were righteous in the sight of God, following all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. But they did not have a child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both very old. Now while Zechariah was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the holy place of the Lord and burn incense. 
Now the whole crowd of people were praying outside at the hour of the incense offering. An angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of the incense appeared to him. And Zechariah, visibly shaken when he saw the angel, was seized with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You will name him John. Joy and gladness will come to you, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go as a forerunner before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared for him. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure of this? For I am an old man, and my wife is old as well. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And now because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will be silent, unable to speak until the day these things take place. Now the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they began to wonder why he was delayed in the holy place. When he came out, he was not able to speak to them. They realized that he had seen a vision in the holy place because he was making signs to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was over, he went to his home. After some time, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months she kept herself in seclusion. She said, This is what the Lord has done for me at the time when he has been gracious to me, to take away my disgrace among people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled by his words and began to wonder about the meaning of this greeting. So the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Listen, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I have not been intimate with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And look, your relative Elizabeth has also become pregnant with a son in her old age. Although she was called barren, she is now in her sixth month for nothing will be impossible with God. So Mary said, Yes, I am a servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary got up and went hurriedly into the hill country to a town of Judah and entered Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She exclaimed with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child in your womb. And who am I that the mother of my Lord should come and visit me? For the instant the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that what was spoken to her by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has begun to rejoice in God my Savior, because he has looked upon the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. 
because he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. From generation to generation, he is merciful to those who fear him. He has demonstrated power with his arm. He has scattered those whose pride wells up from the sheer arrogance of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up those of lowly position. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent away rich empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy as he has promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. So Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. Now the time came for Elizabeth to have her baby, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, when they came to circumcise the child, and they wanted to name him Zachariah after his father, his mother replied, No, he must be named John. They said to her, But none of your relatives bears this name. So they made signs to the baby's father, inquiring what he wanted the name to name his son. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they were all amazed. Immediately, Zachariah's mouth was opened and his tongue released and he spoke, blessing God. All their neighbors were filled with fear and throughout the entire hill country of Judea, all these things were talked about. All who heard these things kept them in their hearts saying, what then will this child be? For the Lord's hand was indeed with him. Then his father, Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel because he has come to help and has redeemed his people. For he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of the holy prophets from long ago, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. He has done this to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abram. This oath grants that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, may serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him as long as we live. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our God's tender mercy, the dawn will break upon us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child kept growing and becoming strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day he was revealed to Israel. And so we see the miraculous power of God in all these things that are happening, both in the book of Numbers and also now in the story of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. And next episode, we'll hear the continuing story of Jesus being born, the King of all. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're-